This is Wonder Time. I'm Emmy. And I'm Audrey. This is a unique series that takes a perspective of investigating the world around us through the eyes of nature. We'll discover themes, tell fun stories, weave together facts, and pose ongoing questions to spark curiosity and wonder. Our first series is Life Through the Spectrum. Using science, art, examples in nature, and themes throughout human history, we will discover the amazing phenomena of the seven colors of the rainbow. Joining us today is the marvelous Janet Zelikovsky. She is a personal friend of Emmy and mine for the past 15 years. She hails from the lovely Isle of Scotland, which you'll hear when she speaks, and she's one of the most fascinating people we know. She's an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to color, and we're excited to pick her brain about the psychology of color. Hi, Janet. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Uh, <laughs> Good. Hello, Audrey. Hello, Hello. Emily. Yeah. Hello, Janet. Welcome to our Wonder Time podcast bonus episode. Okay, thank um, you much. Yeah, uh, we know you have been working in the domain of color going on for approximately, you said, 26 years through wow. yeah. yeah through interior design and the tile market in New York City. And um, we're really excited to pick your brain getting into the spectrum of color and what you call the natural management system that is inside every human being. Right. And so we'll get started uh, talking about color in regards to tile, and then we'll also get into getting to know ourselves, our personal selves through color. So my first big question for you is, <laughs> why is color so huge when it comes to tile? Why is color so important? Or why is, why is color such a big part of tile? Well, it's an easy economic way to actually inject a specific colour into your, uh, what I call personal ecology, which is inside your apartment or your home or your house, or it could be your trailer, or it could be some other residence. But the minute you actually take tile and you actually put either a pattern or a colour in a specific location, it redefines the space. Plus, you're also going to be living inside of that ecology. So usually it's a personal selected um, frequency that resonates with you that you want to actually place outside yourself so that basically it mirrors you back to you because you wouldn't choose the color if it wasn't part of what you like or you're passionate about it or you basically have an inclination towards that color field. So the minute you put it in a space and it's defining just by actually being there, it's the same when you have a white wall and you suddenly put like yellow paint on the wall, it changes that entire room and not just the wall you put the paint on it also changes your disposition towards the space that you live in and it sort of can influence you uh, in many different ways so a very interesting and easy way to do the change in your ecology like say you just had a child which I know both of you have <laughs> yeah it's a very life-changing circumstance so your relationship with you has changed your immediate family has grown by one and that change is quite fundamental to who you are so to change the color in your space to recognize the fact that something in you is actually changed you know 
it's putting something that has physically happened, but now you need the electrical resonance of that shift and change, and you put it physically into your ecology in recognition of what has actually transpired in your life. So colour we live with all the time. We don't necessarily consciously think about it. But if you sort of say you've been living in rentals your whole life and then suddenly you manage to scrape together the finance to get a space and a home, then you can be more personal rather than dealing with all the horrible builder's beige that the, you know, the landlord picks. So now you can do fuchsia or you can do lime green or you can do bright burgundy if you decide you know so then it becomes much more of a personal ecology to you like what you like what you you resonates with you specifically if you see what i'm saying so tile is an easy economic way to do that and humans have been decorating their spaces and their bodies for the existence of humans you know like you know you know we bit cold and you're a caveman you know you whack <laughs> whack a bison over the head and sort of take its skin and put it over your head, mm -hmm. now you're warm. You know, it's been going on for the whole of the existence of uh, the human species. So it's uh, the actual impulse to decorate or to change or to have some kind of resonance with your own personal ecology, whether it be your body, whether it be the space that you live, whether that's a cave, whether that's caravan, whether that's a tent, whether that's bricks and mortar, you know, it's existed forever. So, and it is a fast, it can be a fast change. Although many people think the construction process itself is not fast. But, <laughs> but, but a lot of moving parts. Yes, but in reality, you know, within a couple of months, it can be there. And then it begins to influence you. And if the actual space that you're living in has more of a symbiosis to you, then it's a much better ecology and it can actually enhance your well-being, you know, personally and your family and whoever comes to visit you or what have you. So it is very influential in our lives. We don't really think about that. Uh, so we're curious, Janet, how this shows up in astrological signs. What colors you see there? Well, a lot of uh, fire signs, like a lot of reds and oranges and some very warm purples. Um, they also tend to like sort of incandescent flashy colors. You know, they're fire signs. So if you think of like a flame and the dancing of a fire or a flame, like live fire, it's in constant movement and flux. So you'd expect the colours to be quite bright and sort of potent because fire signs tend to be quite large, um, effervescent personalities. Uh, so you'd expect their sort of selection of certain colours would um, go with the actual element of fire. Like you would be able to sort of find that that would be more the resonance with them. Water signs tend to like things that are more opaque or maybe they're bright primaries or maybe they're much more muted uh, but if you think of the element of water and all the different colors of water you know and you go well water's blue well no it's clear but it uh -huh. depends on which body of water and then you think of water that's like a little stream and it's babbling over the rocks or whatnot or you think of like 
the Atlantic Ocean, which is kind of a murky greeny brown, which you wouldn't necessarily think that color for a body of water, but that's the color of it. I know the color of it in the Hudson, and I know the color of it <laughs> in uh, the west coast of Scotland, and uh, they're slightly different, <laughs> actually. And they are also very different sort of temperaments, if you yeah. will, if water can have a temperament. Water can be quite violent if you think of a storm and the rain and mm. the wind and all the rest of it. But a lot, a lot, or water can be very quiet and peaceful. So there's lots of different um, influences because a water sign, you know, you can think of the three astrological signs that go with it, Pisces, Scorpio, and Cancer. They're very different mm -hmm. natures. And the same with air signs, like air can be very calm, balmy day. A lot of um, air signs tend to be more ethereal. Um, their color sensibilities, like sort of like Aquarius tends to have its own sense of color. I mean, you can spot an Aquarius a mile away. <laughs> they tend to like mauves and purples and, you know, they like sort of regal colors. You know, Libras tend to be sometimes they're in two minds about everything, you know, because Libra, the balance is very important. And when there's discord, it can really... You know, it, it's like pumping air into something, and if it's off, it can get quite chaotic. Well, when uh, you say a personally developed sense of color, do you mean that they have thought about it and they know what they like? Yeah, that it's, yes, that basically, like, it's conscious in them that they want this and not that, and that there's a certain color palette that you're always, like, attracted to. Most people, I mean, I think women specifically, tend to be more open to, like, the sensibilities of different color palettes. Guys mm -hmm. kind of tend to walk into the store and go, blue jeans, black jeans, brown cords, four different colors of T-shirts in the bag and out the door. Yeah. And they do that every six months, you know, like, they don't tend to go shopping as a whole thing. But then that's a very general statement. Because if you go to a wedding or you've got a specific business thing, and then you need a specific um, outfit rather than, you know, you don't want to show up in jeans and a T-shirt and it's kind of a formal do. And earth signs tend to be attracted to sort of very deep, sort of if you think of all the different colors of soil. I mean, in, if you look at the mandala paintings of the Buddhists, you can see how many different colors of sand there are. And there's thousands of different colors. And they basically grind up the minerals and they turn it into sand and they make those absolutely unbelievably incandescent mandalas. Mm -hmm. And they take months to do and then they have a ceremony, and then some guy comes along and sweeps it all up, and they <laughs> pour it back onto the earth. <laughs> so earth signs tend to, they like sort of the browns and the cyans and the, those kind of things. Ah, I see you've got a lavender water bottle there, oh, Audrey. Yeah, yeah total <laughs> Aquarius. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and the purple stripes on your shirt. I'm like, ah, I love okay. I, I, love I, pe I, pe I begged you. Um, yeah. But the thing is, um, you know, we seem to take it, oh, well, we're born in this month. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, we might read our horoscope, 
you know, in the newspaper for a wee bit fun, but how much um, credence do we actually give when we come to choose like a palette for our house that our astrological influence is going to be there, whether we're conscious of it or not. Uh-huh. And the thing is to make it a little bit more conscious in ourselves when we actually make a selection. And then if you've got a fire sign and a water sign and they live together, that <laughs> might cause a little bit of discord. You know, <laughs> one wants reds and burgundies and quite heavy colors. And the other one wants it a muted, transparent kind of colors. That's going to cause a little bit of uh, you know, maybe some arguing and uh, sort of discussion, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. So, you know, because they're, ha- you know, it's both of their house. So then how do you come to a compromise or blend the, the influences so that nobody's left out and it doesn't become a sort of a war zone? Like the color of the wall can become a war zone. Uh-huh. Can you find a place in the middle where you can both be happy? Maybe you might have to do the top half for the fire sign and put a sort of middle <laughs> middle line like a trim piece and then put like the water sign going up the wall and then into the fire sign selections. So if you begin to know that about your client base, like I have to know that, then basically, you know, you can blend the the individuals into the actual space and then you know what you're working with. I was going to say, <laughs> is this coming from... Uh, some of your clients in the store. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have lots of stories you could tell us. Many. Uh, and basically, you know, you, there's always a place where you sort of, you hit a literally the brick wall. You know, one person is an astrological sign like this and the other one is this. And then it becomes kind of a, a an area of headbutting, you know, and neither person understands that, like this is coming from the influence of their astrology and their birth or that, you know, one person is 10 or 15 years older than the other. So like there's a generational thing happening there and like the influences are going to be different and the place in life is different. So all of these parts and pieces come into actually being able to build the ecology for the clients. Like recently I have a whole family. I know the grandma very well. Uh, she's sort of my mentor in the business. And her entire family is building a family house. And uh, the one stipulation was white. Everybody's getting white in some kind of capacity. But then there's two teenage girls. There's a six-year-old son. And there's a son that doesn't want anything to do with it. And there's the dad and the mom. And there's grandma, who's quite a personality because she's a Sagittarius. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so grandma is quite, a, quite feisty, you know. And then, you know, you've got the teenage girl thing to get through. And there's two of them. And they're like almost like opposite. So that was quite an interesting uh, two-hour discord. They eventually, everybody selected what they want inside of the genre of white because they want to make the space much bigger. They have space, but, you know, Manhattan bathrooms are like five by seven, five by eights, which is quite small. But everybody wants their own thing, you know. So some want herring bones and some want bricks and some want gigantic big pieces and some want tiny little mosaic. So taking one color field and then sort of working with all the possibility. And grandma wants stone, absolutely no we're not even going into a discussion here. That's what we're having, and that's the end of it. So, okay, so everybody has to come on board, which takes time, you know. 
And like when you're working with people, you have to, people come in with a series of set ideas, what they want. And then when they actually understand and comprehend the plethora of what that actually is, it sometimes can become overwhelming for their headset to actually come to a cognition of what it is that they would like. Because usually a lot of people have swiped through Pinterest and they have an idea of how you're supposed to do it. But that's not my question to you. My question to you is, what is it that you would want in your space? Uh So it's in the discovery process with the client what that is for them. And so my boss is not the person. My boss is actually this space that we're, um, we're electrically building that the person will eventually physically live inside. And then what kind of enhancements does that person actually want to bring to the table rather than just sticking some baked dirt on the wall and we're done here, which is yeah. a very, very shallow appreciation of what it is that we actually do as designers or tile supply or whatever, because it's very, yes, that's kind of what I do, but a lot of what I do is actually the discovery process of what the person wants to actually have in their personal ecology, which is takes longer, but the rewards are much greater and deeper, especially when you see them again after, uh, you know, they've paid and stuff has gotten delivered. And then like a couple of months later, you get these pictures and you do the FaceTime with the person and they look like a completely different human being because they've gone through this almost uh, metamorphic process where what they were, they've shed and now what they are is something else. And like their ecology is in support of what this new birthing process is in the person. And we all go through different kinds of birthing processes. And I think post-COVID, we're definitely seeing a lot of people that have gone through a personal rebirthing process of what is it that I want my life to be about now in cause and effect to what COVID is. A lot of people had a lot of self-searching time and a lot of people have downsized what it is that they need and what it is that they'd like to see in their life. And basically their ecology is now kind of reflecting that new birth of themselves unto themselves for themselves, which I think designers are supposed to actually assist people in making that passageway possible rather than well, everybody's getting this. Do you want A, B, C, or D? Which seems kind of shallow and not very um, intimate. And I think a lot of the design process, and especially when you get into the umbrella of color, it's a very personal elective process. And it does take time and it does take argue stretch. And some of it's not very comfortable. But you basically have to tease the authentic person that's inside that human form out and what is it that they actually want in their space. And sometimes people, well, what do you think? I'm not really here to tell you what I think. I'm here to try and find out what it is that you want and what do you want this ecology to actually say about you and cause actually it can cause a personal healing process. And that's what this is all about. And people get kind of stumped because they kind of have an expectation that a designer is going to tell you what you do. And in certain things, yes, I will. 
And like if they totally veer off the track and go into like crazy town, I'm more than happy to actually tell them that. Like, well, I've never seen that done before <laughs> uh, or something. And sort of like there's a silence and like you don't think I should do this. I say, I think you might be barking up the wrong tree, you know. Uh-huh. I can mm-hmm. personally attest to it because uh, we picked out some tile from your store for <laughs> right. our mountain cabin, and you have so much selection. It is kind of overwhelming, but the process is so cool to like when you find something that really like resonates. Right. It's like it, there's this excitement and enthusiasm, and then seeing it, then like you said on the wall and how it. Right. How it portrays, um, how it comes through. Is what co- really what awesome. color? What color did you pick? What is it? Well, so for our, our kitchen, we picked like a kind of white and light blue, small right. tiles that were, are really, really beautiful. And then for the bathroom, the upstairs bathroom, we picked kind of a, it looks almost like an agate stone. Yes. It's like a turquoise with like some browns. It's really beautiful. Um, and then for the downstairs bathroom, we wanted something more, I don't know, standard. So we just did kind of like a, a white and brown uh, it's kind of geometric. It looking. sounds pretty. Yes. White and brown yeah. sounds pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's all beautiful. It came out so great, and everybody compliments us, and it does create a certain ecology for us up there. Would you say that tile creates more of an enhanced ecology than paint? It sounds like it. Well, it's much more permanent. Um, whereas paint, <clears throat> if you go off this color or it doesn't fit anymore. You know, you go to um, the paint supply, you get the paint roller from Home Depot. You know, an hour later, it's a different color. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Tile, not so much. You have to chip it off, which is a whole process in itself. And then what is it that now resonates? So people usually do their interior spaces to reflect the place in life that they're actually at. Um, Or, you know, in the last five years you're no longer there. So maybe that sort of bright green is not your thing anymore. And maybe you want some, you know, deep canary yellow, which is much more like you want it to be about your family rather than your dating process, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you found your partner, so now it's much more a consolidation of what those two bits are and then the family building process, which doesn't, imply gender you know it basically implies that you're sort of you've gone through the finding each other and now there's kind of a seeking of what that uh, union is about and then you build the space to reflect what that is so basically um, it's a whole process do you find Mm. that this also shows up in other areas of our life like clothing or yep cars that we drive or Yes, the house that you live in, you know, like, you know, some people, they go with, um, you know, I'm just, I just want like white or gray. And then some people like their house, they want tangerine, you know, it is your house. It can reflect whatever you, you feel. But I mean, the greatest thing is when the client first walks in, you look very carefully at how they are dressed. Now, a lot of people, because I live in New York City, like everybody wears black, everybody wears dark blue, everybody wears charcoal gray, everybody wears white. You know, sometimes you get on the train, it's like, what, did God color code us today or what? (laughs) 
But you're not looking at those things because those are the large movements. And that might be because they're going to the office or they have clients to see in an appointment. So they have to be dressed a specific way. But if you look at the jewelry, you look at the accessories and you look at the shoes, you look at the nylons or the socks, all these little personal things, the water bottle that they're drinking out of, it tells you more about the person than their shirt, their pants, their jacket. Although uh-huh. some people have a very, you know, they wear a sort of signature, you know, jacket. Like, so you get this business person and they're basically, you know, okay, they got pretty much the black, the black navy suit on. But then, you know, you notice that they, when they set up, are looking at the tile and we're playing with it on the floor and they're sort of asking questions that they've got purple, green and orange stripey socks on because, you know, <laughs> the bit of their pant came up and you saw it. You went, bang, that's them. <laughs> and so then you know that you need to start to show them things that are much more incandescent in colour because, you know, all this, you know, they, they're sort of, okay, okay, they, they, they're giving me a lip service, but we haven't exactly put the right worm on the hook yet. Basically, you're, we're still waiting to find the family of colors that they like, and nothing on the outside looks like it's, um, it looks like it's blah, but it's not a person. I'm trying to poke into somebody and trying to tease who they are out so then you start showing them much more vibrant colors like lime green or you know sort of maybe an emerald green or you know you go uh-huh. and you get sort of a really pope purple you know and something in them goes oh this is possible you know and then the excitement starts oh, the happening possibilities yeah so then <laughs> suddenly you see the little spark you know, and the name of my store is the Tile Spark. So basically, like, but that's them. That's what, that's when the part of them that is them actually goes, oh, I could do this. Like, really? And I'm like, <laughs> it's your house. Uh, I said, you're actually in charge. I'm trying to show you what is possible. And I said, and there's a lot of possibility, but if you sort of say, I really like this. And usually when people they go to the wall and then they touch something, anything they touch, you take it off the wall, you put it in front of them because basically the person that they are, something in them picked it because if we remember, our hand is actually the outcropping of the management system of ourselves. So when we touch something, we actually reach out to go towards something. And so when that starts to happen, you know, my assistant usually takes it off the wall and puts it on. They, they know because uh, my first training is anything they touch goes on the floor <laughs> immediately. Anything yeah. they touch goes on the floor. Anything they talk about, we don't know yet, question mark. <laughs> the ones they touch, bang, it's got to go on the floor. That would, so that would be a really great uh, little experiment for anyone if they want to find out more about their signature colors, yep. like to go into any kind of retail store and... See, because sometimes I'll touch clothing, like if I'm out shopping and like right. I'll, I'll touch clothing. Or, or basically, if you go into your closet, you open the closet. Here's all the black, here's all the white, here's all the gray. Okay, so all of those are neutral. Those are to do with your function in the world, right? Those are what you put on to go to the office or see clients or 
a wedding or what have you. But then if you look at your accessories and you've got screaming tangerine and all your jewelry is turquoise and blue and sky blue instead of they're all opaque or they're all translucent, okay, maybe that's some sort of frequency that you like. Or maybe you go into your kitchen and all your mugs are sort of, they're all different but they're all in the family of colors, like in a warm bar, like in the yellows and the oranges and the reds and the burgundies and the deep greens. And you ah, there's a color palette. So then you start taking pictures of contents of your kitchen, contents of your closet, and see if the same colors don't mm. pop out at you. And then you can maybe start to build, like then take a little trip to the paint you know, store and basically get all those little strips with the little colors on and then start building your own personal, what I call a barcode, so that these are your go-to colors that you like, that resonate with you. So then you can make a little, you know, you can cut them all out, the ones you like, stick them all back together and you make a little mosaic of your color families that you like and then you can start sort of, oh, well, you know, this color keeps showing up. Maybe this color needs to go in the kitchen and maybe this color is more to do with the bathroom. And then and then you can start basically doing a little bit of a composite of what you want and how you want it. And then you can take the trip to the tile store so that you don't drive me bananas <laughs> about what colors you're going to pick because you already go, well, I keep picking these eight colors. Why? Well, okay, what astrological sign are you? What's that got to do with the price of cheese in China? Well, actually, a heck of a lot. Yeah. Because, you know, if you keep, if you're sort of like your whole life, let's say your mother was a Capricorn, and she she's like this deep burgundy, the browns, the, the hasian, the beige, the sort of burlap colors, the linens, the ecrus. And you're like kind of like a quiet cancer. You're gonna sort of like, mm, why do I need this heavy burgundy color? You know, it reminds me of my mother's house. Yes, it's your mother. And you want like sort of an opaque, translucent sort of blue, then, you know, maybe it's time to go towards what your authentic colors are for you rather than your family of origin selections. Like everybody in my family is a, a, either a Virgo, a Taurus, or a Capricorn. And oh, basically, wow. I'm a Piscean. Like I was living in a house of mud. <laughs> <laughs> like all these browns and ah. And when I have my house, usually everything is white or pale, pale beige. And then because there's so many colors, I don't need to put any colors on the wall. And so basic because there's wall hangings and there's mosaic and there's fabrics and there's, you know, you know how I dress. I'm kind of yeah. flamboyant. There's, there's at least 14 colors. You're wearing lime green today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the lime green. We panel. snapped a photo so we can put it. Right, Perfect. yes. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this is sort of like what I'm trying to get at. Get everything that's been put upon you by your growing up experience, your family of origin, your work life, and then who is your authentic inner core self? What is it screaming for? Like, are you screaming for tangerine? And whether you're a blow... <laughs> I am, I'm screaming for tangerine. <laughs> you, you know, uh, like, if I, if I look at another piece of charcoal, grey, uh, uh, you know, 
So, and then, you know, suddenly there's this vibrant tangerine in front of you. You go, ooh, I like that one. So this is like where, you know, the juices go and you have to try and don't do what, oh, just settle and just do this because it's easy. What is it that you have an inclination towards? And we know that orange is the color of... um, Hunger. Well, orange is about hunger, but it's also spiritual hunger. You know, novices usually wear orange. If you look at a lot of uh, the Buddhist monks, they all wear orange because they're in the discovery process. So orange is a color that goes with discovery. And like you try, and you're trying to actually seek something, you know, and to seek something is very green in its impulse. And when you begin to actually, you know, think through things very white, you know, neutral, no bias, no judgments, you know, blue is very much to do with, um, you know, space and expansion, tranquility, but blue can also be very harsh and sort of marshalling and authoritarian Uh so if you've got a very you know if you paint orange in your kitchen you might eat more if you want to lose (laughs) weight you might want to put some kind of blue in there because the blue actually curbs uh, your appetite it's an appetite suppressant if you want to utilize that as in the color realms rather than taking pills or doing any drastic surgeries you know or you could just Instead of having a large dinner plate, let's have a small bowl. You know, you could cut down the actual uh, size of the thing you put the food in. As so. well as, as uh, eat from a blue plate. Yes. <laughs> when, I, when, I was <laughs> yeah. in, when I was in college, my mom bought me these plastic colorful bowls for my dorm room. Mm-hmm. And I think there was an orange, a yellow, green, and blue. Right. And I would eat cereal from them in the morning and once the cereal was all gone I would drink the milk from the bowl so it would come up into my eyesight kind of cover my eyes as I'm like tipping it up to drink Mm -hmm. the milk and I remember feeling nauseous when I was drinking from the blue bowl or the green bowl and when I was using the orange bowl it was much more just soothing and comforting and like warm appetizing right so it depends what you want to cause in your ecology, personally, as an intake thing, and also what do you want to put outside of yourself? And it can totally enhance, or it can be such discord that it causes things in you, but you don't know why you're dissatisfied by it. So like, what would be of colors to stay away from in, the, in a living room? Living room, okay. Sort of a heavy-duty, sludgy, khaki green that a lot of people, well, it depends whether there's a lot of light coming into the room or whether it's dark. If it's a little dark, you might want to put a lot of light colors in there. Plus, remember, this is like the family room. So anything that goes with families and things, it's yellow. You know, much more the sort of family aspect of things and coming together. And you want you want people to blend their frequencies all together because that's kind of the hub. Everybody, you know, has a snack there, watches TV, hangs out, has conversations. Heavy colors you probably don't want to put there, you know, because that's going to, you know, it's going to marshal the family, so right. to speak. Or it's going to be an absence of something and usually in a living space you want everybody to feel included and come in together rather than um, prevention in any way shape or form 
But then it depends on the tone of the color. And I've seen some people do some really strange things with a lot of really dark bronze, which can look very nice, but it depends how much and what kind of patterns. And, you know, do you want to, I mean, the more uh, stuff there is, the more it's going to have an effect on you. Do you want it to be a quieter space? Do you want it to be busy? Because patterns tend to energize things. Whereas just like fields of color can be much calmer and much quieter. But then it's a push-pull. What what do you want to go toward? What do you want to come out into the space? What do you want to recede? What do you want to make a quiet space? What do you want to energize? So it just depends. You know, you might have a chocolate couch and then you have like marigold, yellow and orange and sort of maybe burgundy and maybe you'll put a little flash of sky blue in there on the couch. You know, and there's your energetic part, you know, on that sort of chocolate, sort of very sort of anchored sort of couch. That would work. But if you painted the whole thing in chocolate brown, it might feel a bit dead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might feel a bit... Duh. Yeah, but, you know, but I can that, speak. I can speak from experience because when I first moved in with my husband Rich, his everything in his house was chocolate brown. The floors were chocolate brown. The couches, the chairs, the cabinets, the tile. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Everything was chocolate brown, and. I am so happy that when we moved, he let me decorate. So there's no, there's very little chocolate brown. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you get into the dialogue between a bloke and, and a girl, you know, like uh, the man lady, lady mystery, you know, what actually, um, guys always start decorating, you know, they've got the, the easy recliner, the flat screen TV, the refrigerator with a beer in it. That that's as far as the <laughs> like, decorating is like got. A huge ugly entertainment structure. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Like there, there's no consideration of drapes, wall paint colors, what kind of tile you're going to have in the bathroom, and sort of a lot of guys can make decisions like this, like the drop of a heart, and then you sort of say, "So, are you single? Are you married?" <laughs> uh, I'm single at the moment, but I'm looking. And I said, you don't want to do that, mate. <laughs> uh, so a funny story from one of my clients. Uh, lovely chap, uh, very professional, Wall Street, I think. And he basically decided to build himself in his apartment this sort of a man cave. And we had Zulu war shields on the walls. I kid you not. Uh, the black slate going all the way through the entire apartment. Wow. Uh, the Zulu spears and a stuffed male lion sort of oh in gosh. the entrance of the apartment. It's a little imposing. And he was uh, dating and looking for Miss Wright. <laughs> so about two and a half years later... He comes, he introduces me to, I guess he found Miss Wright. And uh, so he, I kind of get the idea she wants to talk to me. And so I suggest that I give him $10 and go get us coffee so that we can get him out of the room, basically. And then he's off to get us coffee all happy. 
And then she said, what the hell was he thinking with the Zulu <laughs> war shields and what, the what goddamn is, oh, line? The African war shields? Is that yeah. That is? And I said, well, I think it was his man cave. And she said, it's all got to go, honey. She said, <laughs> I want light. I want white. I want this. I want that. And I was like, gotcha. She said, I can't live in this thing. And so we ended up going through a whole process where we had to lighten everything. Guys tend to pick much darker colors than girls do, um, just because that's how the two parts work. And um, we came to some kind of understanding that we would keep the black slate in certain parts of the apartment, but a lot of it had to come up and we had to, would have to put lighter materials uh -huh. in the space. And the Zulu war shields... Um, we ended up putting them in the hallway. Uh, the lion went to a museum. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, they now live in Westchester and they have kids and whatnot. Uh, and we went through the whole process with the first kid and the second kid. And everybody, you know, everybody's the, the big bathroom, the kids' bathroom, blah, blah. We, we've gone through the process. So... Basically, over the years, many clients have their space when they meet their partner's space and then the family as it happens. So it's generational. And so now I've got, you know, I, I have this you know, some sort of 20-something will show up in my room and go, hey, remember when, when uh, like a bunch of years ago and we got those green frogs and they were in my bathroom? And I'm like, green frogs. And then I was like, oh, right. He said, well, I'm the kid that was in the room. And I'm like, oh, shit, time's gone by. <laughs> and then now they're sort of, they've got, they want their bachelor, bachelorette apartment. And sort of with roommates. And then we go into the whole thing. You know, but they remember when they were kids. So let's go find the lady that, wow, that I, they got cool. me the green frogs because that's what they that's picked. Awesome. So there's all this kind of stuff. So it is it is about life, you know. Yeah. It's not just color. And it's not just tile or color or like something. One and done, you know, it's yeah. like it's a process. Well, and it's obviously generational. You've talked about many families yep. that have come through over the years. That's yeah. special. Yes. Sounds like you could write a book about all your. Uh, <laughs> yes, and I've I've actually started writing bits and pieces of it, but it's always too big, and um, a lot of people they stand out, and some people they just want what everybody wants, and that's fine. You know, the three by six subway tile and the black and white mosaic on the floor, fantastic, and uh, you know, some people are comfortable sort of with the level of intimacy be with a designer or a person that's facilitating your process. And some people like, nope, I want this, I want this, and I'm done. And everybody's different, and maybe they're only going to stay there three years and then flip the space, and they're moving on somewhere else. Thanks for coming in, Janet. This was a really wonderful yeah. conversation. Okay, so thank cool. you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, Janet's store, if anyone wants to look it up, is called The Tile Spark. They have a website and in Manhattan on 22nd Street. Yes. <laughs> yes, check it out. Yeah, great. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. All right, thank, thank you. Bye-bye.